You're listening to Journey to Better Health with Andy Stitt, a podcast that helps you step into your power and find your unique path to health and wellness. Hi there, and welcome to Journey to Better Health. My featured guest today is Nick Malfitano. Nick, how's it going? Uh, it's going great, Andy. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, honored to be invited to be on your podcast and uh, just glad to catch up with you in general. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Very happy to have you on. Very happy to catch up with you as well. Uh, we definitely don't get to see our friends quite as often uh, since the pandemic, since running groups aren't getting together and all that good stuff. So uh, please start us off by telling us who you are, uh, where you're from, and what's going on in your world right now. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, my name is Nick Malfitano. I'm 36 years old. I'm a professional journalist and recreational runner, originally from Tom's River, New Jersey. And I've resided here in Philadelphia for almost six years now. So beach kid turned city guy. Um, yeah, so obviously, I mean, you mentioned the uh, you know pandemic just a minute ago. So uh, much like everyone else out there, I'm working from home and uh, continuing my uh, journalism work uh, in a remote capacity um, for a website that covers uh, civil litigation throughout uh, the state of Pennsylvania. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So now good health means a lot of different things to different people. So what does good health mean to you? I love that question. Uh, the concept of good health in my own life is something that I'm continuing to discover. And truthfully, I hope that discovery process is a lifelong one because what I considered good health as a teenager and a college student is markedly different from what I considered good health when I began running in my late 20s. And once again, is also different from what I presently consider to be good health. For the time being, I consider good health to be maintaining a regular regimen of athletic activity and nourishing myself with healthy and nutritious food in order to fuel my body the best that I can, to treat it with the respect it deserves, and to support my running and athletic activities. Uh, Additionally, my next point is an exclusive for your podcast because until now, only a small handful of people know about the following, but for me these days, good health has also meant teetotaling. Uh, on January 24th, uh, just over six months ago, and just after my birthday, I quit drinking entirely. Um, I decided that alcohol had not and was not uh, contributing to what I believe is my optimal level of physical and mental health, uh, my sense of good judgment, and what I like to call the better angels of my nature. Uh, simply stated, it was interfering with my being the best version of myself, the person that I know and recognize as me. So therefore, it was an easy choice to subtract it from my life. And having complete clarity of mind at all times truly is a gift. And so is the prospect of no longer dealing with the occasional hangover, which especially in a human body over the age of 35 is an extended and unpleasant process. Wow. Yeah, it certainly is. That's that's really impressive. You you beat me to sobriety by two days. Uh, my, 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 my la- the last date that I drank was the 25th and 26th was my first day sober in January. So congratulations to you. Um, Do you find that it's difficult to maintain your sobriety? Any challenges or is it a little bit easier than you thought? Uh, What do you think? Uh, It's honestly easier than I thought it would be. Um, I came to the decision kind of knowing that it would be um, 
just kind of a marked change uh, just from, you know, hanging out with friends and, or going out for a run and having a beer afterwards. And that had become like such a normal part of my routine. Um, but the process of stepping aside from that ended up being pretty seamless. And um, honestly, it hasn't felt like as large a degree of change as I thought it would be. And I'm pretty glad about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think for me, it hasn't felt like as huge of a change. I wonder if that has anything to do with the pandemic and the fact that like, I'm not getting together with uh, my Maniunk Beer Runner uh, group on Monday nights as much. Um, yeah, I, I don't even remember like how hard it was like from January to February. Then in March, being on lockdown, it wasn't that hard to trying to resist finding a liquor store or something like that. But yeah, that's, that's really, that, that's really awesome that you were able to accomplish that. Um, that is an awesome part of your story. And I, I know your story. There are some uh, other folks who know your story, but uh, that's the big reason why I'm having you on. You're a good friend of mine and you have a wonderful story. So uh, please do tell as much or as little as you'd like. The floor is yours. No, thanks, Andy. I really appreciate it. Um, so I suppose that journey begins with my starting to run in my free time. Um, so I played both pickup and organized baseball and basketball for a number of years growing up, but didn't really venture outside those sports for exercise or athletic activity. In a way, it's actually kind of very ironic that running eventually found me because when I was nine years old, a one mile kids run back in my hometown resulted in my coming in second to last place. And I later turned down the opportunity to join my high school's cross country team out of complete and total shyness. Uh, but regular running didn't enter my life until January of 2013. Um, at the time, I was living in Salem, Massachusetts, and was working at a nearby newspaper company on the North Shore. And I was looking for something to do in the mornings before heading into the newsroom. So one morning, I stepped into the frigid New England air and ran laps through the nearby Salem Common in uh, downtown Salem. And I did it again the next day and the day after that. And within a few weeks, I was hooked. Uh, this was just prior to my 29th birthday. Uh, after moving to Philadelphia in September 2014, I gradually increased the frequency and distance of my running while also gradually decreasing my calorie intake. Uh, by January 2015, only four months later, I had lost 25 pounds from a body that was already slender to start out with. And at that time, I weighed about 150 pounds. I was proud of the way I looked when I saw myself in the mirror, feeling that my running was working. But the question was, working toward what? That's a question I didn't ask myself at the time. And in retrospect, it's one that I wish I had, because there's a chance that asking that question might have stopped what happened next. Uh, I began to ramp up my running even further, kicking it into another gear as I simultaneously began restricting my calorie intake further before that gradual restriction progressed into actively starving myself. I ate very little, and when I did eat, it was privately, if I could at all help it. I was taking in about 600 calories on an average day, perhaps 800 if I decided to indulge. I was rationalizing these decisions that I needed to slim down as much as possible to be a better athlete, a faster runner, a desirable man, or at least what society considers to be a desirable man. Besides the disordered eating, I would later learn that the related condition I had developed is called body dysmorphia. It's the technical and medical term for believing one's body or appearance is severely flawed, despite all apparent evidence to the contrary, 
and doing just about anything possible to normalize it. Or put another way, imagine being normal you and seeing yourself in a funhouse mirror. When you have dysmorphia, that funhouse mirror view can be what your mind is telling your body that it looks like, despite that not having any basis at all in reality. In my case, that dysmorphia and an effort to correct myself took the form of restricted and disordered eating patterns combined with excessive running because I believed I had to normalize my weight. Before I knew it, by October 2015, things had gotten totally out of control, and I was down to just over 135 pounds. And especially when you're 6 feet 2 inches tall, that's far too thin to support a frame like that. It was no longer about any of the rationalizations I told myself to accompany my running. It was because things had progressed to a point where I didn't know any other way to be, and that was a dangerous place. 2016 and 2017 proceeded much the same way, and though my weight fluctuated slightly, I don't think I ever tipped the scales at more than 145 pounds during those years. Back then, I was totally operating in a bubble and believed that not only was nothing wrong, but that friends of mine had no knowledge of the battle I was fighting. In short order, I was swiftly proven wrong. After one group run I attended in December of 2017, a group of my fellow runners decided to have dinner and asked me if I wanted to join them. When I politely declined, a friend of mine in the group offhandedly remarked, Nick never eats. That was the initial aha moment. And as the popular saying nowadays goes, I felt seen. Within weeks, and not long after my 34th birthday, a small circle of concerned friends reached out and conveyed that same concern to me. One of those friends also battles body dysmorphia. She knew all the signs and recognized them instantly. There was nothing left to hide. All there was left to do was admit the problem and get help. So I did. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made. I took my life back. Wow. That is really amazing. So when you finally got help, um, what did that look like? And then how did things progress? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the friend that reached out to me at the time who also battles um, dysmorphia, uh, she put me in touch with a nutritionist. And uh, after speaking with the nutritionist and developing a um, healthy uh, dietary regimen, I was able to kind of relearn what my relationship to food was with my body and kind of start completely from square one and begin to redevelop that relationship in a healthy, constructive way. It's really one of the best things I've ever done. And I'm really glad I did it. Wow. That's awesome. So I don't know if you know the exact numbers on this, but just based on our society and our culture, it doesn't seem like a condition like body dysmorphia or that disordered eating would affect a lot of men. Do you know any of the, the numbers on that? I actually do. Um, one of the social media follows I immediately uh, added to my um, uh, following was uh, the National Eating Disorder Association. And uh, they provided me with a lot of great insight and a lot of great research. And um, they published information that said that uh, disordered eating affects about 10 million American men at some point in their uh, lifetime. And so at that point, it was amazing to see um, that it affected that many um, and just, just how prevalent it can be in our society. 
And yet it's so underreported and not talked about in a lot of instances. Wow. So if there's someone listening right now, if there is a man who's listening, who has the same type of symptoms and problems that you're describing, and he thinks it, it couldn't be me, that that's just not possible. Uh, wh- what would you say to him? I would say, please see a doctor, see a nutritionist, speak with a therapist, seek out someone to talk to. These conditions are often overlooked, underdiagnosed, or misinterpreted. You shouldn't have to go through this alone. And taking that first step can make all the difference. That's, I could not have said it better myself, and that's exactly why I asked you to say it. That, that's awesome. So what does your uh, health and fitness regimen look like these days? Uh, so these days, um, I would say uh, it encompasses uh, you know, a fair amount of running, um, also a fair amount of uh, calisthenics and uh, bodyweight exercises uh, as delivered through November Project, uh, a really great uh, free fitness organization that I've uh, joined here in the last couple of years. And uh, now in the pandemic, they're offering workouts uh, totally over Zoom. So it's a great way to kind of, uh, you know, get those reps in uh, even uh, during quarantine. So really grateful for that. Very nice. Very nice. I actually, uh, I was at the uh, the November Project Zoom workout uh, last Wednesday morning, and I very quickly uh, found out that I am not in November Project workout shape like I used to be, but thankfully uh, no one was looking at what I was doing and I was able to make 10,000 modifications and go at a much slower pace than I thought everyone else was going at. That makes two of us, Andy. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, how do your relationships with others uh, contribute to your overall health and well-being, and who are the members of your team? Sure. Um, my relationships with others are a crucial component in contributing to my health. Um, in fact, it's because of my friends, three in particular, that I finally acknowledged I was battling an eating disorder and body dysmorphia in early 2018. It's because of them I turned that all-important corner and sought help. I'm incredibly grateful to them for that now and always. They know who they are. Additionally, my girlfriend, Lauren, also battled a similar condition at an earlier time in her life. She's been a tremendous source of support for me. When we first met, I was actually somewhat dreading the prospect of having the conversation with her about my own condition because I didn't know how that would be received. And as we were talking one night, I noticed a tattoo on her wrist and I asked her what it was. And she told me it was the logo of the National Eating Disorders Association and explained about her past. I instantly felt both compassion and empathy for her previous plight and also an internal sigh of relief. Here was a kindred spirit, someone who would understand my story. And she did. Wow, that is that is really amazing. That is kismet, I think, is what they say. So... Do you look to anyone uh, for guidance and inspiration as far as uh, your health and fitness overall routine? Oh, absolutely. Um, I almost find that I probably couldn't be here in Philly without looking to friends who are more experienced than me with both matters of health and running, either when I encountered injuries or other issues that were impeding my progress in one way or another, like dysmorphia. Um, through being here in Philadelphia for nearly six years, uh, the fitness community here is a thriving one and it's just 
it's blessed with a plethora of talented and knowledgeable athletes who are equally generous in sharing their skills and knowledge with anyone who asks for help. And I've also read the stories of amateur and professional athletes who have also battled eating disorders and body dysmorphia, especially male athletes, among whom there is still so much conversation yet to be had about how uh, these conditions affect uh, adult men. Wow, definitely, definitely. Are there any challenges that you have uh, these days as far as uh, maintaining health? Sure, absolutely. Um, The prime challenges that I've faced in the last year or so with maintaining my health have predominantly come in the form of two things. Um, The first issue being that recovery is a fluid process. It is not perfect. It uh, can be a bumpy road sometimes. And um, occasional dysmorphic thoughts find their way into my mind at times and on occasion. Uh, despite being in recovery for just over two years, I'm not immune to at least a fleeting whisper of the voice that once like ruled my mind, a voice that tries to tell me that healthy, necessary weight I've gained back as a part of my recovery isn't needed, that my home is incomplete without a scale and, or that I can skip meals and it's okay, or that tries to ease me to fall back into old patterns. It's a voice that's quieter and more occasional in appearance than it once was, but it's one that I'm still learning to mute, and that's something that I imagine will continue moving forward. Um, The second issue is that in the last year and a half or so, I've racked up a few recurring running injuries, and I finished a number of solo runs in more than one race during that time in some pain. Uh, These injuries have included uh, calf strains, uh, Achilles and tibial tendonitis, uh, knee, shin, and ankle pain, just to name a few. Um, I still enjoy running in my free time, but I'm actually right now in the process of learning that I'm going to have to approach it differently moving forward. Um, Who knows, even sometime in the future, I might even switch to an activity which might be lower impact on my knees and legs like cycling, uh, which I currently know very little about but that will make it a new and exciting adventure, just like uh, running uh, has been for me for a number of years. Definitely. I'm actually kind of, uh, I'm a little bit, a few steps ahead of you on the cycling thing. Um, I haven't been able to run because like my two, my now two-year-old mayor's cup injury just won't seem to go away. And so I'm getting an MRI on Thursday. I've been doing exercises uh, with an orthopedic doc at Rothman and they haven't really been alleviating the problem. So I'm going to get an MRI to see if uh, if we can find what's going on. But as far as cycling, um, I just purchased a road bike from uh, from Trek the Trek store in Maniunk. Uh, shout out to you know uh, Gary Brown, right? I sure do. Yep he uh, he works there part time now, and so uh, he got me all squared away. And it is an adventure. It is really cool. Um, I initially got uh, a mountain bike, a ten year old mountain bike from uh, my soon to be brother in law, and. That thing, it's it's solid, it rides, but it's very heavy and it's very hard to go fast. And so I'm getting a road bike just so that like it doesn't take me several hours to do like 30 or 40 miles. But it is exciting. It is it, it, it is fun like learning about the sport and maybe I'll go out with, with people uh, for rides and stuff like that. And it is a nice little uh, addition to life. So have you, th- that's pretty much been like what I've picked up new uh, in the pandemic. Uh, have you picked up anything new um, in this new normal? Yeah, actually, um, kind of on the uh, topic of nutrition, actually, I've started to kind of uh, develop and flex my cooking muscles here a little bit. So uh, 
that's something I've been kind of glad to uh, glad to share with uh, my girlfriend Lauren. And uh, yeah, so we uh, we just moved into uh, a place here in East Falls, and uh, we have a beautiful brand new kitchen, and uh, we're looking forward to. Um, cooking up some healthy, uh, tasty and nutritious stuff in there. So, uh, that's, uh, something I'm also really excited to get started with. Nice. Excellent. Uh, Kristen and I are doing the same thing. Um, yeah, like during the first like couple of months of the pandemic, I was just trying to get my footing and it was hard to get out of bed in the morning, but uh, now we're much more in a rhythm. I'm much more in a rhythm. And so it has definitely uh, been fun cooking and cooking healthy and all that good stuff. So we are just about at time. So can you please tell us where we can find you online? And do you have any uh, parting words of advice and encouragement? Yeah, absolutely, Andy. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Nick J. Mouth. That's N-I-C-K-J-M-A-L-F. Uh, if you like photos of running, nature, dogs, rescue animals, murals, and the occasional travel adventure, you may like the content I post there. Um, as far as par parting words of uh, advice and encouragement, um, again, I'm just so grateful and so honored to have had the opportunity to share my story with your listeners. Uh, I wish everyone hearing this podcast well with their own health journeys and a special note to those who believe they may be or, or are battling eating, dysmorphia, uh, eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Uh, please get help. Um, it could be a life-saving decision and um, it just, it will help you to break the cycle and begin to reclaim your life. That's awesome. I couldn't have said it better myself. This is Andy Stitt with my featured guest, Nick Malfitano. I hope that we have helped you on your journey to better health. And Nick, thank you so much. Absolutely, Andy. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Journey to Better Health. For more episodes and show notes, go to andystitt.com slash podcast. If you like what you've heard, head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a rating and review so that more people can hear it. Thank you again. Have an amazing day.